Hi friend, and welcome to the Lemonade Legacy Podcast. My name is Megan, your host, and I am so glad you're here. I wish we were having coffee together right now. That would be just the best. But I'm so thankful we have this. I'm just an ordinary girl in the trenches of real life sharing encouragement along the way. But this isn't just about me. It's about all of us women locking arms and walking this journey of life together. You will hear stories of women facing all kinds of real life stuff and how to keep walking even when those life lemons are super bitter. Real women, real stories to encourage, empower, and help us to embrace our destinies. Taking all of life's lemons and making the sweetest lemonade and creating a legacy that lasts and lasts. You are so loved, friend, and get ready to be changed. Hey there, friend, and welcome to the Lemonade Legacy Podcast. I'm your host, Megan, and I am so glad that you are here today. This is episode number two. That's right, number two. I'm super excited. In this episode, I am going to be just hopefully encouraging you about praise, presence, and the people. And the significance of whatever you're facing today, I don't know what it is, but you do. And if there's a wall that you're facing today, I hope that this message will encourage you and bring you hope from one struggler to another. Let's get right into it. How today finds you. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I am glad that you are here. I'm glad you clicked on this podcast. And I hope that I have something today that will super, super encourage you motivate you, inspire you, and let you know most of all that the struggle is real and you are not alone. And so I always like to do these based on sometimes my own stuff. Let's be real honest. Um, We all have stuff and I have stuff and I feel like the best way to relate sometimes is through experience. And so, you know, Some of my story and season might be where you're at and some of it may not, but odds are you're a struggling person just like me. (laughs) Some days I struggle more. Some days I'm like, wow, today was good. High five to myself because I did it. (laughs) With the Lord's help, graciously, I did it. And then other days I'm like, can I just go to bed and start over? Like, can we do the rewind button on this? Because that was not what I thought it was going to be. Anyway, you can say amen if that's you. I'm a mom to two small kids. And so my days, they are sometimes really unpredictable. Like for example, this morning, um, totally accident, but my daughter slipped on the floor and she's okay, but she literally spilled her entire blueberry strawberry smoothie like it was like a movie it went flying she slipped and it went flying in the air and all over it was like at the corner of the tile meets the carpet and all over the carpet I mean there wasn't a drop of smoothie left in her cup and it took everything within me friend to not get angry And that's sad because it was a complete accident, but just goes to show that I am a selfish person and I need the Lord to give me grace. And she was very, very sad. She was crying. She's like, I am so sorry. I was like, it's okay. It's okay. It's just blueberry on the carpet. I don't know how I'm going to get it up, but it's okay. And uh, we worked through it and everything's fine. And we did get it up. Glory in the highest. Friend, it was so much smoothie. Anyway. That is not what I want to talk about today, but I just want to talk about 
Maybe you had blueberry smoothie on your carpet, or maybe there's something else that's going on with you that just feels like I need to catch a break today. So let me encourage you today, if I can. Um, Thanks for being here. I love you. If no one's told you that today, here you can know, friend, I love you. All right, so I want to talk to you from uh, Joshua, the book of Joshua in the Bible. Um, Joshua is full of all kinds of things. Joshua is like a warrior, an amazing warrior. So the whole book of Joshua is just about him being the amazing warrior that he is and God just doing some crazy things. And it's kind of a heavy book at times, but there's one part that I want to talk with you specifically today, and that's about the wall of Jericho. Maybe you've heard of the wall of Jericho. Maybe you haven't, but let me just give you a little bit of backstory on the wall of Jericho. The wall of Jericho was a massive, what was considered impenetrable wall of some sort of stone. Somebody, somebody out there, Bible scholar might know, but some type of stone that was basically indestructible. Like nothing was taking it down. Many had tried before and failed. It was impenetrable. It was super, super high and super, super wide. And it was literally to keep everyone out of the city. And so anyway, we know like prior to Joshua, basically, this is when the Israelites had spent all that time wandering in the desert and then God had given them the promised land, which was supposed to be full of milk and honey. And the first obstacle on the docket was this wall of Jericho. And so basically they're like, what are we going to do? We can't get through this wall. And so we pick up in Joshua chapter six. And the first thing that we hear the Lord say is, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I have delivered it into your hands. So remember, they saw a huge wall, but yet before God commanded them to do anything, he told them, I've already given this to you. Let me just tell you how much this resonates in my own life. How many of you, maybe you're like me, maybe you're not, but I struggle. Sometimes I feel like, I've heard something from God or I am walking in something and I'm like, yeah, God, I feel like that's what you're saying and I, whatever. But then I get to an obstacle and I can't understand how God could have told me that or I could have known that or felt that or whatever. And then next thing you know, there's like this massive obstacle and I don't understand where are you, God? Like, I thought you told me this was going to be the thing and I thought you showed me this is what it was going to look like. But yet now I see this massive wall in my way. And I have to imagine that, remember, the Israelites had been wandering for 40 years prior to this. So I can imagine they came up to this and they were like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And so anyway, we go through Joshua. And as we see what happens is God gives a specific plan to Joshua and tells the people what to do to get through this wall. And it's outlandish and it's nuts and it's crazy. And so like God to only be him to get the glory and only be him that could do something like this. But that's not even the best part. We know the story and the end of the story is the wall comes down, right? But the best part I feel like is what I want to really hone in with you today. And hopefully it encourages you as much as it's encouraging me in my season of life and some of the things that I'm walking through personally as well is like how the wall came down. How did the wall come down? And so I just want to share with you a little bit of how the wall came down. And so I'm going to read a little bit of the scripture because God can say way better than me. Let's be honest. I, I am not as good at the wording as him. So um, basically, here's what God told them to do. 
He said, I want you to march around the wall. I want you to go up to the wall with all your armed men. And I want you to march around the wall six times. Actually, seven times. But I want you to first march around the wall six times without saying a word. And what I want to happen first is I want the trumpets to go. And then I want the Ark of the Covenant. If you don't know what the Ark of the Covenant is, um, the Ark of the Covenant is just back then before Jesus, you know, went to the cross and all that. They had the presence of God was the Ark of the Covenant. So we have the presence of God now that Jesus has gone to the Father. But this was how they had the presence of God. So the Ark of the Covenant was essentially the presence of God. So he's like, I want the trumpet people. Then I want the um, Ark of the Covenant, which was carried. And then I want the rest of the army of armed men. And I want you to, to charge and march around this wall for seven times. And here's the craziest part. He lays this all out for Joshua. And he's like, he tells him, he tells him how it's going to happen. And all I can think in my head is like, Joshua is way better than me. Because if God came to me and said, hey, Megan, you see this wall that literally no one has ever been able to get through. You see this thing in your life right now that you just can't even imagine how you're going to get over it. It seems like it's taking you down. You don't understand how you can walk through this. Perfect example in my own life is I have had years, years, friend, years of fear, irrational fears, anxiety, panic, depression, you name it. I've walked in it and it seemed like the wall of Jericho for me. And I remember times in reading and and in hearing like there's freedom for you. There's freedom for you. You don't have to live this way forever. There's freedom for you, Megan. And I remember thinking, but I see, all I see is this wall. All I see is my fear. All I see is all the things I can't do. All I see is this wall so high. I don't know how to get over it. I don't know how to get to that freedom. And all I can think is, whoa, here God lays out all this stuff for Joshua. And Joshua's like, okay, okay, God, well, that's what we're going to do. And in my mind, I feel like I'd have been like, well, God, how's that going to work? How's us just walking around the wall? In my humanness, I would have been like, what? No, this is not going to work. Like, I'm going to walk around the wall and then it's just going to come crumbling down. Are you sure there's not a better way? Like, maybe we should get some of those like old school things where everybody runs and like heaves something very large into this wall to try to knock it down. Or maybe we should try to scale the wall or maybe we should join together and find who what everyone's strengths are and and we should go and try to take the wall down and that's not what they do that's not what that's not what God's plan was and the crazy part is God's plan was so outlandish anyway let me side note that but so Joshua's just amazing that's what I wanted you to get from that side note so Joshua here's his plan and he goes to the Israelites who have just walked through the desert for 40 years and he's like hey y'all this is my this is how I would present it. Hey, y'all, I talked to God, and God said, we're all going to walk around the wall, march around the wall, for seven times. And for the six times we walk around, we're not going to say anything. We're just going to walk quietly. Everyone's probably going to be watching us, thinking, what are they doing? They're crazy. They're never going to get through here. Who knows what they're doing? They're going to think we're nuts. Blah, 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 blah. But we don't care. We're just going to walk, march, And then on the seventh time, when the trumpet sounds and I give you, Joshua says, and I give you the cue, we're all going to shout at the same time. We're all going to shout at the same time. We're going to shout to the Lord. We're going to scream. We're going to yell. We're going to sing praises all at the same time, on the seventh time, but not until I tell you. Okay? Everybody hands in, break. (laughs) 
And you know, it doesn't say, it's interesting to me because it doesn't say that the Israelites complained, but I don't know. I would imagine there were some in the back like, hey, Jennifer, like, you think this is going to work? Like, I feel like God gave us a really wacky leader. I don't understand how we're going to be able to make this happen. And they do it though, friend. They go and they do what God says. So the first thing that I take away is like they were obedient. God had already told them. So whatever you're walking through today, if God has told you something, he already told it to you. He's already showed you glimpses of it. And then now you see a wall, hold on to the promise. And I think that's exactly what Joshua was doing. He's like, okay, God told told me this. Now he's giving me the plan for it. And so now I just need to be obedient to the plan. So the first thing we learn is that Joshua and the people were obedient to the plan. It's one thing to hear something and then not do anything, not put anything to work, not whatever, but to just sit there and to wait or to stay where we're at and to see the wall and to think, I'm never going to get over the wall. It's another thing to be obedient to what God says when the wall's there and what he tells us what to do. And how do we know what to do? I think this all the time, like, okay, God, I see this thing in front of me. Like this anxiety that I'm experiencing is so much right now. I can't even see past it. All I see is a wall. And I know there's something got to be something so great on the other side of that wall. But all I can see right now is the wall. And I believe that's when God says, just go one step at a time. Marry the process. Do what I've told you to do. Remember, I already told you that the victory is yours. I already told you that the land of milk and honey and freedom, it already belongs to you. So hold on to that promise and do what I'm asking you to do in the moment. Friend, that is easy and hard at the same time. If that's even, I don't even know if that's a thing. Like, can something be easy and hard? I feel like it can. And in this instance, I feel like it can. I can imagine that if I was walking around that wall, On the third time, I would probably be like, man, the wall still looks just as sturdy as it did the day one we started. And that's the cool thing about God that we don't see. Sometimes we get so sidetracked in our circumstances that all we can focus on is our circumstances and all the while we don't see what God is doing behind the scenes. We can't see how he's going before us. And that's what I think is so significant The number one thing that God tells him is, I want the Ark of the Covenant to go before you, the people. The Ark of the Covenant is the Holy Spirit. The Ark of the Covenant is the presence of the living God. So for us, what does that look like? For us, that tells me, okay, if I'm facing something, the first thing that needs to go before me is the Holy Spirit. The first thing that I want to be in front of me, the first thing that I want to acknowledge, the first thing I want to get wisdom from is I want to ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, go before me. Stay in front of me. Show me the way. Lead the way. I don't want to go first. Let the presence of God go first. I think that's super significant to what God was doing. There is power in the presence of God. There is power in the Holy Spirit. And now the greatest part of that is we, if you and I are believers, we are carriers of the Holy Spirit within us. That means in such words, we carry the Ark of the Covenant within our hearts. We carry the very presence, the power that set people free, that tore that wall down within us. That means you and I can walk around that wall however many times God tells us to do it or whatever he calls us to do. So friend, whatever you're facing today, 
I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're like me and you've had a history of anxiety and irrational fears and you've been paralyzed and you've been in pain. Or maybe it's a relationship that you're in that's toxic. Or maybe it's a sickness within your body. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's parenting or something that, that you're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. It is to God. Everything matters. It says nothing is wasted. He catches every tear. He sees where you are right now. And so whatever wall of Jericho is up in your life right now whatever is there friend I want to encourage you just be obedient to what God's saying so anyway they follow this wall and they walk around and the seventh time they get around this wall I can imagine the the people of Jericho were like these people are nuts like what are they doing now and so then the trumpets sound on the seventh time and Joshua gives the cue and everyone screams and yells and shouts to the Lord and praises to him. And immediately the wall comes crumbling down in an instant. In an instant. These people had walked the wall for seven, what I believe was days, according to the scripture, straight. They had not done nothing else, only what God had told them. They went, they came home, they went, they came home, they went, they came home, they went, they came home for seven times. And on that seventh day, can you imagine too, think about this, if you and I were walking around the wall or whatever the wall may be in your life right now, and we're getting exhausted and we're getting tired, but at the same time, an anticipation is building up within us because we have the Holy Spirit and it's building up just like those people. I can imagine by the seventh day, they had been quiet and silent. And on the seventh day, they were excited. They were excited. They were probably exhausted and tired and wondering if it was going to work. But at the same time, the idea that, okay, it's coming. It's coming. God said the wall is going to come down and this is what we have to do. And so we're going to do it with everything we have. And in that moment when God told Joshua, hey, on the seventh day when the trumpet sounds, tell the people to yell. And so everyone yelled and the wall came crumbling down. The impenetrable wall literally came down. No one touched it. No one smacked it. No one did anything with weapons or tools. Literally the power of God crumbled that wall but you know what else I think is significant because I think surely like they could have just walked around the wall and the wall could have come down on the seventh day on the seventh time with just the trumpets or the wall could have come down with no no sound but why did God say on the seventh time after the trumpet sound I want you to scream and yell and shout and praise Because friend, I think God is showing us something super, super significant. I want to encourage you where you are. And this is something that I have to work on daily in my own life. Is that when you're facing a wall, the the normal thing to do, the safe thing to do, the comfortable even thing to do is to kind of go into isolation. It's kind of to go within ourselves, to internally internalize our situation, to get depressed. One of the number one tools of the enemy and tactics and strategies is to get you and me in isolation. I want to encourage you, friend, get out of isolation. And what I think God is showing us here is that here, do what I'm telling you to do. And on that seventh time, I want you to praise. So when you see a wall in your life, friend, I want you to turn around and I want you to praise. Praise. The praise of the people, the presence of God, and the praise of the people 
brought that wall down. God could have done it without the people. God could have done it without anyone saying anything. But I think God wanted to show that praise is powerful. So whatever wall you're facing today, friend, praise. Praise. If that wall is standing in front of you, praise anyway. What does that look like for you and me? What does that look like? You might be like, Megan, you don't know what I'm walking through. I can't praise in this situation. The report I got is whatever. The job that I just lost, how can I praise when I see this wall? The anxiety and the fear and the depression that I'm walking in right now, I can barely keep my head up. How in the world can I praise? Friend, it's the presence of God that helps you and me praise. We can't. You're right. I can't do it on my own. I can't walk through anxiety and fear and depression on my own. You can't walk through the trials and tribulations of life on your own. We can try, and many times I have, but all that does is leave me more broken, more exhausted, more tired, and more worn out. And further away from what God is calling us to. God, I believe God wants us to live a life of freedom. The Bible says that he is a God of abundance. He wants, He came so we would have abundant life. And isolation and, and depression and oppression and fear and worry and anxiety and all of these things are not God's best. Though we walk through them in our human nature, God has a plan of redemption to help us not stay in them. It's human to get scared sometimes. That's part of the fall of Adam and Eve, honestly. But God has not called us to stay in them. And so I want to encourage you today, whatever you're facing, I don't know what it is, but you do. That wall that seems impenetrable. And you're like, God, I feel like you told me this. God, I feel like you said you were going to be my provider. And all I see is the bills that are stacking up and I don't know how to pay them. God, I feel like you said you were going to heal my brokenheartedness from that toxic relationship. But God, all I look at is heartbreak and pain. And I don't even want to, I don't even want to go to the wall, let alone praise in front of the wall. But I want to encourage you, friend, do something different. Do something different. Be the change you want to see. Comfort does not lead to change. Trust me. I'm a perfect example of that. I have lived in fear and anxiety for over 20 years. Over 20 years. I'm almost 30, which means I've been living like this for since I was seven years old. At seven, I probably didn't know much, but into my adulthood, having five and six panic attacks a day, and I would look at that wall every day and I would say, God, if this is your best for me, I don't want it. But God, that wasn't God's best for me. But it wasn't until I started to look at the wall differently and I said, I can either be comfortable here. It's interesting. I was more comfortable being fearful than I was being free. And sometimes I think that's normal for us. So maybe you're facing something. Maybe you're in a toxic relationship or maybe you're in a toxic situation or maybe you're like me and have fears or anxieties or depression. And it's when you've had it for a while and been in it for a while, you get comfortable. And you kind of wear it. It becomes a part of who you are. But the reality is that's not who God called you and me to be. He called us to be free. He called us to look at the wall of Jericho and to shout the praise of God with the presence within us and to see the wall come down so that he can give us 
more. It says abundant life. He's a God not of lack, but of more than enough so that we can walk into the promised land. But sometimes there are walls that are there. Sometimes the walls are consequences of our own sin, things we've walked through. Sometimes they're not our fault of our own. But still the wall is there. And I believe that when God gives a promise that he's going to give us something, we can look at that wall and we can say, I see this wall and I don't know how and I don't know why, but I'm going to be obedient. I'm not going to be comfortable because comfort doesn't lead to change. I'm going to get uncomfortable right now and I'm going to sing the praise anyway, even though I don't see how, even though I can't understand it right now, I am going to praise you anyway. And if you, let me tell you something, friend. At first, it might just be a choice. Having faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. Praising sometimes is a choice. We don't always feel it in the moment. But as we begin to make that choice every single day, every moment we look at that wall, eventually it affects our feelings. Eventually it floods. It, it says that the word of God is living and active. And it goes through every single aspect of our body, literally to the cellular level. It divides joint and marrow, the Bible says. It literally says that in the Bible. That means it goes so deep within us that it literally can change the very DNA, if you will, of our body, the cellular level of things. That means that when we begin to praise instead of pity, when we begin to look at that wall and we begin to speak life in what looks like a gloomy situation, and when we begin to continue to do what God is asking us to do, even though we don't understand it right now, I believe, friend, just like the story in the Bible, it wouldn't be here if God didn't want us to see his faithfulness. That when Joshua and the people obeyed, the wall came down. And it wasn't without the pre- Now, let me, let, me, let me say this. We can go about this without the presence of God and we can work and toil and recklessly go about it. But the Bible calls us to work diligently. And the Bible tells us to go with the presence because the presence is where power is. The presence is where we get our strength and our stamina and our encouragement. We can't do it by ourselves. So don't go to the wall alone. And that brings me to more, even more, which is so cool. Is, and that's what this whole podcast is about, is community. God could have just sent Joshua. God could have just sent Joshua. He could have just sent the people who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant because clearly that could have been enough. Or God could have just sent the trumpet players or God could have sent one person. But instead, God chose to send them all. He sent the trumpet players, the musicians who led out the worship. The worship literally led the way for the Ark of the Covenant, which was the presence of God. So worship went out. Then the presence of God was ushered in. And then the people, the community, you and me and Joshua. And then together, the worship, praising God, the presence of God. So the praise of God, the presence of God, and the people of God. Whoa, that, I got to write that down. I feel like that is from the Lord, friend. The praise of God, the presence of God, and the people of God. And together, God did the miraculous. But he chose to use all three of those things to make it happen. Because the thing about it is, God doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. He desires to use you and me because he loves us that much. And because he wants to show others who maybe 
are looking at that wall too, who maybe don't know him, or maybe just they need some encouragement or they need some community. He chooses to do it that way so that you and I get to be a part of the grand story of redemption, of how God loves and shows his love and shows his promises and gives his promises. And and the plans and purposes of the people of God is to advance the kingdom. I mean, literally, God was like, this wall is going to come down and you're going to take over this land and that's the land I'm giving you. If you partner with me, if you do what I'm telling you to do, it will be the best way for you. Will it always be easy? The Bible tells us, no, it won't. But will it be worth it? The Bible guarantees that. I don't know anything else that guarantees that. Nothing right now in this world guarantees that. There's so many, in fact, there's so many controversial topics and ways to go about life and how to navigate parenting and how to navigate you know, health and how to navigate anxiety and how to do all these things. And I'm not saying that they don't have a place. Like I believe God gives wisdom to people to teach. I myself have had counseling and that is beneficial. But what I am saying is the most important thing is that we're tuned in to God and that we can look at that wall with our eyes on him, with the presence in our heart, with the praise in our mouth and with other people of God. If you need a friend, to come and to praise down that wall with you, invite them in. No more, this community especially, no more of this hiding behind a mask, trying to be somebody that we're not. I've done that. I remember I could literally have a panic attack and no one would even know because I got so good at hiding it. Friend, what I am saying is God gave us community for a reason. He gave us the presence to experience his power. He gave us the people of God to go and he gave us our mouths and our bodies and our actions to praise him so that we can see the walls come down in our life. So whatever you're facing today, friend, I'm with you. The people around you, invite them in and let's praise the wall down. Praise the wall down. Go today, look at your wall and praise it down. Every morning, I want to challenge you. When you wake up and you feel that wall, you see that wall, you are looking at that wall, whatever that is for you, I want to encourage you to say five things in praise in front of your wall. Five things. Just five things of gratitude. Five things looking at that wall and praising in the midst of it. And let's see what God does. What do we have to lose? What do we have to lose? If we've tried everything else, what do we have to lose? I hope today that you feel encouraged by this because I am so encouraged by Joshua and the people. I am so encouraged by the presence of God and how powerful it is. And I am so encouraged that my praise, your praise, our praise changes things. So when we get out of our comfort zone, we can experience the change of God. I love you so much today, friend. If this has been helpful to you, please share it with someone who you know needs it. That's the whole point of the Lemonade Legacy. It's to take the lemons of life and to make some sweet lemonade. I love you. And until next time, bye.